The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Superwoman Wellness, where with every episode, I am determined to help you find the best version of yourself. Joining me today is Dr. Eccles. Dr. Najan Eccles is an MD, PhD. He's the medical director of The Natural Doctor in London. Dr. Eccles has such a fascinating history. As the medical director of The Natural Doctor in Harley Street, London, he has become one of Europe's leading clinicians involving breast thermography as a non-invasive tool for early detection of breast cancer, and for this purpose has developed ThermoCheck, which is a computer-assisted breast thermography system. He has worked with general and natural medicine physicians with interest in nutritional treatments that promote well-being, recovery, and anti-aging. He's brought so many innovations to the field of nutritional and anti-aging medicine to the forefront, and he's also one of UK's leading experts in bioidentical hormones, which we talk about all the time. Welcome to the show, Dr. Eccles. Thank you very much. Nice to be with you. Well, I am thrilled you're here, and this is such an important topic. I know that for a fact that women today are still struggling, trying to really grasp their heads around the conversation when it comes to breast cancer. And we want to really focus yeah. on breast cancer today. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but at any given time of the year, I think this topic is timely. I think it's so disturbing to know that you know the number of breast cancer cases continue to escalate. While we may have improved maybe morbidity or mortality, we've honestly not made a dent when it comes to, you know, how we are talking about this disease, how women are proactive and preventive when it comes to this disease. And I'm just really looking forward to your opinion. So, you know, let's just jump right in. Talk, talk to us about what's wrong with the current conversation on breast cancer prevention and even diagnosis. Well, the main diagnosis uh, or main diagnostic tool, as you know, and your listeners will know, is, is mammography. And uh, <clears throat> up, if we look at the uh, published studies uh, right up to recent times, um, the conclusions are not quite the same as they were a few years ago. So what we're finding is that actually mammographic screening doesn't seem to lead to any survival advantage. Um, and if you look at uh, areas in Europe, these studies have been done in Europe, you look at areas that screen versus those that don't, there's actually no difference in the mortality statistics. So, so it, it looks... That's and, crazy, because it's like forced well, down our throat that get your mammogram, get your mammogram, yeah. get your mammogram. That's That to me is yeah. just criminal, so, quite honestly. Let, let me share the stats with you. For every, every 2,000 women that are screened over a 10-year period with mammography, one life would be saved, 10 women would be receive treatment for cancers which would never have been a threat to their life, so we're over-treating, and 200 women would receive false positives. So um, if we're looking at the qualities of a good screening tool, that's not it, I'm afraid. Uh, we're finding it does more harm than good, and to add to that, I would add one other thing. In terms of the paradigm of with uh, mammography's early detection, but what we know from uh, from uh, surgical tissue that's removed, um, there's, a, there's a very big study on this, that what we thought was a single tumor appearing on a mammogram, actually we find that there are multifocal deposits of smaller uh, bits of tumor around what we thought was a single tumor in two-thirds of cases. So 
what we're seeing here and what we're doing with mammography is not really early detection. I would argue it's, it's really a bit late in the day. Oh my gosh. So why the push constantly for mammography? Why the constant conversation around it? Is, is the general population, medical community not aware of these statistics? Well, uh, I, I, I'd like to think that they are. Um, but unfortunately, um, this happens quite a bit in medicine. We're slow to change and we don't follow, necessarily follow the science abruptly enough. And we should because the, the, what, what we know now is if we're doing more harm than good and, uh, as physicians, we sign up for that oath first, do no harm, uh, then that should apply to everything that we do in medicine. Uh, and here we have a tool which is not effective. It's doing more harm. Uh, and there are some doctors who are calling for it to be withdrawn, just like we would withdraw a drug if it was doing more harm than good. So is, I'm just curious, because you are in London and I'm in the States, is there is there maybe more advocacy around this in Europe than there is here in the States? Do you have any sense of that? Or is this just a global problem that we all have to work together to shift? I think it's a global problem, really. Mm. Uh, I, th I think some of the major thrust for change is coming from uh, certain doctors in Europe. But uh, in terms of seeing uh, that change, it's slow. Uh, Switzerland, uh, just a few, two, three years ago, became the first country to step up after a, a, a big trial, a big review of mammography. They're the first country to step up and actually phase out screening mammography. So wow. it, it, the question is, who else will follow their lead? They are the first ones brave enough to stand up and say, look, you know what? There's no evidence that the, that the, that the benefits outweigh the risks. And therefore, on that basis, we cannot justifiably offer this to our women anymore as a screening tool. It has wow. a role as an investigation tool. So if a woman has a lump in the breast, then a, a mammogram is appropriate. But as a screening tool of normal women being called on an annual basis, I don't know what it is in the U.S., it's not been demonstrated to be effective in saving lives. And that's the reality. My goodness. I know women listening out there, if you're shaking your heads like me, I know my jaw has hit the ground because this is just something that we've all been brainwashed to believe that we're being proactive, we're being preventive. You guys have heard me talk about the conversation on prevention over and over again, but for everybody out there listening, I hope you spread this episode everywhere you can. This is such critical information. So I know what my audience is asking, Dr. Eccles, if mammography is not the screening tool and we know breast cancer yeah. seems to be on the rise, what is the screening tool? What's the answer? What, what, what do women, what should women be doing and thinking about? Well, I've been working with thermography for the last 15 years. Um, and thermography is, is a tool which detects heat coming from the, the breast tissue. It uses specialized infrared cameras to detect that heat coming from the surface of the breast. Uh, <clears throat> and so there's no radiation exposure. There's no compression of the breast tissue. Having a thermogram is like having your photo taken, except it's with an infrared camera. Now, the advantage of this, though, because we're detecting heat, we know that cancers generate heat, and they do for more than one reason, usually because they're, one, highly metabolic, and two, because the new blood vessel formation that nurtures a cancer growth also, that new circulation gives off heat. So they do that before they can be structurally seen. 
So that's the advantage. We have an early detection advantage of, of cells emitting heat before they're organized enough and big enough to be seen on a mammogram. So thermography definitely gives us an early detection advantage. And if you review all the studies that have been done on thermography and you review them critically, um, the reliability of this test usually is somewhere between 90-95% and <clears throat> in, in the ability to detect cancers. And more recent studies uh, have shown uh, sensitivity and accuracy of the test similar to that. In fact, in some studies, even more than 95%. So <clears throat> for me, there, there, there's a major advantage in terms of early detection using thermography. It's non-invasive. You can use it in younger women for whom mammography is not appropriate because of the dense breast tissue. For thermography, it doesn't matter how dense the breast tissue is because we're not looking for a structural change. We're looking for temperature coming from the breast. And we can, and we can, and therefore we can screen younger women, even younger than the, uh, the, the, than we're calling for routine mammography. And the other thing I would say about it is <clears throat> if you have a normal mammogram, it does not mean that your breast tissue is healthy. It just means that you have nothing that is big enough to show structurally. But if you have an abnormal thermogram, or if you rather, let me put it the other way around, if you have a normal thermogram, because we're looking at change in physiology in the breast, if you have a normal thermogram, it does, with all probability, indicate that your breast tissue is healthy. So there's another difference, is, is can we screen for breast health, not just for breast cancer? I believe thermography gives us both uh, of those advantages in one. So I've been offering thermography in my practice for over a decade and using it in different ways, mainly to look for inflammation. Can we confidently yes. use it? Uh, you know, I guess the challenge that I've had as a clinician is, you know, when yes. is the inflammation or the heat that we see on a thermographic image, when is that maybe musculoskeletal yes. versus uh, a cause for alarm like cancer. And it's interesting to me that you're saying yeah. most cancer can be detected that way. But again, how do we yeah. differentiate? And that's probably a clinician question, but I'm still super curious. Yeah. Like, how do you differentiate between, okay, this is a muscular sprain or strain versus this yeah. is truly a deeper cancer yeah. issue? Okay. That's a very good question. And, and the answer is sometimes we can't from the thermogram itself. Um, it's not a diagnostic tool. So if you use, see heat uh, coming from the breast tissue, it doesn't mean that that's a cancerous change, as you're rightly alluding to. It could mean mm -hmm. that there's some inflammatory change in the breast. But if you have inflammation in the breast tissue and it's persistent, I would argue that that itself is, right. is not good for the health of the breast tissue long term. So at the very least, we should be correcting any inflammatory change that's present in, in, in the breast tissue. So um, it, it, whether or not it's actually an existing cancer sometimes is difficult to prove because let's say a woman has an abnormal thermogram and then we send her, uh, particularly if she has some physical changes in the breast, I would then send her for a mammogram or an MRI or an ultrasound, depending on the age of the woman. Uh, very often those will come back normal. So what we're seeing is thermal changes, but no structural change. Now, what do we do with those women, particularly if they have a pre-cancer or a cancer which is just too small for those other mm -hmm. uh, uh, screening tools to pick up? That's a real, uh, a real challenge to a clinician. How do you manage that? 
Well, I can uh, maybe a little later tell you how I do it, uh, because with the tools that I use, I have seen 90% of abnormal thermograms go back to normal within six months. More with Dr. Taz coming up. Everyone wants to be happy, but let's face it, there's a lot of roadblocks in that path. From little struggles of daily life to bigger issues like anxiety, relationship troubles, family conflicts, anger, grief, trauma, depression, and let's face it, self-esteem issues. You know that feeling. Do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes inside to handle this? We all have those thoughts and feelings, and you are not alone. The good news is there is help in a place you can turn to. It's called BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Easy online professional counseling in a safe and private environment from licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, even sleeping issues. All the things that create those roadblocks to happiness. It's an easy and convenient way to get the help you need on your own time and at your own pace. And best of all, it truly is an affordable option. And right now, Dr. Taz Show listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code WHOLEHEALTH. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash wholehealth. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get you matched with a counselor you will love. That's betterhelp.com slash wholehealth. Now back to the Dr. Taz Show. Oh my gosh, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But for everybody out there listening right now, what Dr. Eccles is referring to is a thermogram. And again, we've offered thermograms in our practice, but they use heat technology to detect. I hope I'm describing it correctly, but they use heat technology really to detect changes in the cells, changes in inflammation. Many of you may have had a thermogram before and have seen areas in your body light up, but Dr. Eccles is saying exactly what I've been saying for years, that if there's any inflammation, that is a precursor, that's a predisposing factor to cancer. We've got to jump on it. Now, Dr. Eccles, you've mentioned that you've developed something a little bit more unique in the world of thermography. Why don't you spend a few minutes telling us about that and how that integrates into the conversation around breast cancer screening? Sure. Um, as I, I said earlier, I've been doing thermography for 15 years, and I've, I've used probably five or six different thermography systems in my practice. And uh, to be honest, um, uh, none of them have been perfect. Um, but what has come with 15 years of experience is the ability to discern what is good and what is not so good about these systems. Uh, one of the other criticisms of thermography over the years, I believe, is that there, there still is some lack of consistency in the way that it is, it is done. For example, some, some, uh, clinics will, will, uh, do cold challenging, some won't, uh, some will have a, a proper protocol for preparing their patients. Some are not so uh, strict on that. I believe to do it properly, all of those things should come together. Now, of course, we've had the advancement of digital camera technology, which has added to the accuracy of, of picking up thermal changes. We have to bring in defined protocols of preparing the patient. 
I believe there should be an incorporated cold, what we call a dynamic cold challenge as part of the process because it, it, it reduces the number of false positives and increases the accuracy of the test above 95%. So if we know that, we should be standardizing that and doing it in all cases. And the other thing that I, uh, I, I brought in to Thermacheck is, is computer analysis of the images. And this is important. So instead of sitting in front of a computer, and, a, and this is how I used to do it, instead of me manually constructing a report, we let the computer analyze all of the breast tissue as seen on the image and, and report those temperature findings back to us electronically. The advantage of that is much more thorough. You don't miss any areas. And it, it does it in a fraction of a second, which saves a lot of the doctor's time in constructing a report. So all of these factors, when, when they just serve to increase the accuracy, it's a standardization process. So that every time we do a, a, a thermal image, it, it's always done the same way, and the computer analyzes the temperature data. That's well, the fascinating. The third thing I would so, add to that is it's important to sign off abnormal blood vessel patterns as well, which is, is, isn't always done on a thermogram. So the doctor does look at the images and looks to see, are, are the vascular patterns more or less similar both sides? Is there anything that looks, it looks like it may be an abnormal organizing vascular structure that may be suggestive of something more sinister? More with Dr. Taz coming up, but first I want to tell you about Kaya Biotics. Kaya Biotics are high-quality probiotics designed to improve gut health. Now, you want to feel good. You want to live your best life. I get it, but if your gut health isn't functioning properly, life can be miserable. The gut and its impact on our physical and mental health has been underestimated for years, and that's where Kaya Biotics comes in. Probiotics that are exclusively certified organic and only include organic ingredients, a complete novelty for probiotics. Plus, it's easy to get the right probiotic for your needs with three different probiotic supplements. Multibac strengthens digestive functions in your immune system. Candida Complex fights candida and yeast infections. And Body Plus helps with weight loss. And there's no unnecessary fillers, additives, or anti-caking agents. And Kaya Biotics are also vegan, GMO-free, and come in stomach acid-resistant late-release capsules. So try Kaya Biotics. It's a treat for your gut. Choose the right organic probiotic formula for your body and save 25% off your first purchase by using the code WHOLEHEALTH at checkout at kayabiotics.com. That's K-A-Y-A biotics.com. Once again, save 25% off your first purchase by using the code WHOLEHEALTH at checkout at kayabiotics.com. That's K-A-Y-A biotics.com. Now back to the Dr. Taz Show. So this thermocheck, is this something patients should request or how do they know, you know, that I get asked this question too often, like how one yeah. thermography equipment or, or practice is yeah. equivalent to the next. Do you have recommendations for that? Well, I would always ask, um, I mean, thermocheck is, is, uh, is about to roll out where we, we have lots of doctors in, in Europe who are interested in offering thermocheck to their patients. And I'm hoping at some point, you guys in the U.S. will will have it over there as well. But 
in the, in the interim, I would always ask, do you, a patient ask, do you cold challenge? Because one of the, uh, one of the bones of contention is that some clinics do and some don't. And in my view, and based on all of the science I've read, it adds to the accuracy of the test. So that would be a question mm. I would ask if I were mm. a patient. Do, do you incorporate some form of cold challenge into the scan process? Um, mm-hmm. and, and I would choose the ones that do. That's, and are there any that you know off the top of your head that you could recommend or uh, not necessarily? Not really. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I know of outfits that don't do it. Um, mm-hmm. um, no, we won't go there. How's that? <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. And I may be interested in bringing it into our clinic, so we can talk about that later. But you know, for everybody sure. out there, you know, understanding the importance of thermography and its role, I think is is important as a great screening tool. You know how how else can we use thermography? Is are you mainly using it for screening of breast cancer and different types of cancers, or are there other ways to use it as well? Well, I'm only using it at the moment uh, for screening breath. There are other ways you can use thermography, particularly for uh, musculoskeletal problems and doing full body scanning. We used to do that as well, but but over the, the last few years, we've focused very much on developing this breast tool because I thought it was important to have a standardized way of doing it and to get the computers analyzing the image. So we may go on in time and produce something for full body, but at this point, we, we, we're starting with rolling out the, the breast therma check. Um, but certainly it can be used for musculoskeletal screening. Can it be used for other cancers? I haven't seen enough scientific data to support that yet. Um, gotcha. and I think that's purely a matter of it just not being done enough when researched enough and not enough money behind that technology to mm-hmm. push it out that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I think Certainly, there's anecdotal evidence that other cancers, I've seen that lung cancers light up one side and not the other, for example. So it's anecdotal, and I think there needs to be more scientific studies before we roll it out for other cancer detection. Fascinating. Well, you talked about normalizing an abnormal thermogram finding. I'm thinking through yeah. the woman yeah. who's listening and saying, okay, I'm in, I'm going to go get my thermogram. But then that thermogram's abnormal. Walk us through their next steps. Do you, do they work to normalize those findings? And I'm curious to hear what you do, or do they move on to another yeah. diagnostic study? I'll tell you what I do. Um, okay. because, uh, doing this over 15 years, I've sort of formulated a protocol around this. So if, if a woman presents with no physical change in the breast, and what I mean by that is there's no lump, there's no skin change, there's no nipple change, there's no discharge from the nipple, all of the, those, those things we're told to look for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there are no physical change or no change in shape or size, uh, if there are no physical changes, but she has an abnormal thermogram, I will often not not uh, do any more investigation at that time. The reason for that is I find that if we just pay attention to certain lifestyle changes, certain particularly certain breast health nutrients, and we we give those nutrients to that to that woman uh, to take in concentrated form over six months then, as I referred to earlier, then between 80 and 90%, it's near a 90% of the, 
of those abnormal thermograms will have returned to normal within six months. Now, some of those wow. uh, nutrients that I'm mentioning, uh, that, that I'm referring to, are things like vitamin D, making sure levels is optimal and not just normal. Uh, iodine is very important for breast tissue. Breast love iodine. You see high incidences of cancer in areas of the world where there's low iodine intake. Conversely, you see low incidence of breast cancer in places like Japan and Iceland where the intake of uh, daily intake of iodine is higher. So no one is saying it's, it's, it's causal, but there's certainly an association. So what we've found, what I found is when you correct, when you put in some of these what I call breast health nutrients and you optimize those, and I would add to that, make sure that she's detoxifying her estrogens uh, effectively, uh, and in fact, iodine does that as well, is I believe that some of these, just putting these nutrients back, especially given most people are deficient in both vitamin D and uh, iodine, mm -hmm. then just doing those two things with a couple of extra uh, important nutrients will correct abnormal thermograms over six months in 90% in my, in my clinical studies. And we have over 100 patients who have had abnormal thermograms that we have uh, reverted to normal in six months just by doing this. Fascinating. Such great information. Any other tips on just reducing breast cancer risk in general? And actually, I have one more question too. Now, let's say yeah. they do have the nipple discharge yeah. and some of the other symptoms yeah. that, that, that we would get yeah. suspicious of. Do you send them to mammogram yeah. or do you send them to ultrasound? Yeah. It depends on the age of the patient. I would, I would prefer to go less invasive before becoming mm -hmm. invasive. So I will often refer for an ultrasound first. Uh, and then, uh, it, but it may be necessary for some of those women if there's, if there's a query, they still may need to have a mammogram. But, uh, at least in this scenario, it's being used as an investigation tool, not a screening tool. So my preference would be to go for ultrasound or MRI and if mm -hmm. necessary, a mammogram. That would be the order of play for me. Um, and that's what we re routinely do if we need to refer. Oh my gosh, so much um, work to do to get this message out and to change the system. There is, um, there is, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, is there so anything else? What else? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, um, anything else you would tell someone about just, you know, other things they can do to reduce their breast cancer risk is still yeah. such a, such an yeah. issue for women today. It is. I, I'm not a big fan of conventional hormone replacement therapy. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, I would certainly, if I were a woman and I needed hormone replacement because of menopause symptoms, I would seek out bioidentical hormone therapy in preference to conventional HRT because we know that from the studies that the combination of the natural progesterone with the bioidentical estrogen appears to be safer. And in fact, the studies show there is no increased risk of breast cancer when you combine natural progesterone with the estrogen, and that's been shown from mm -hmm. 2005, International Journal of Cancer. So, so that's one thing. Um, I would, I would definitely uh, move away from rubbing aluminium-containing deodorant in your into your armpit, and and mm. prefer women to use an essential oil or crystal-based deodorant. We don't know that aluminium causes breast cancer, but you find uh, aluminium and heavy metal deposits in 
breast cancer tissue. So how did it get there? Mm. So there's an association which, which we need to be vigilant over there. Things like breastfeeding, of course, uh, is good for breasts in terms of protecting, losing weight, lowers risk. Uh, try and avoid trauma or radiation to the breast. Of course, smoking. Uh, we, these are the, the things that most women will know, but I'll say them anyway. Uh, smoking, stopping smoking is going to reduce re- reducing alcohol intake and making sure mm. we don't drink excessive alcohol. Moving more to a plant-based diet rather than having too much animal protein and dairy is also a good uh, a good way of, of, of changing risk profile, I believe. And then on top of that, I would go back to uh, you know making sure we have plenty of vitamin D and iodine. Fantastic. Well, this has been mind blowing. I'm sure anyone out there listening here in the States, especially is just scratching their head. You know, this is just a message that needs to get out to women everywhere. Breast cancer is something that continues to rise and we have to find a way to expand this conversation and really change the dialogue around it. I've lost friends. I've lost patients. I know so many people who have walked this journey. So Dr. Eccles, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your knowledge and your information. I'm with you. I want to bring this to the States. I want to help with changing this globally. So definitely let us all know how we can be involved. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, Probably through our website and through our email. So the website is is www.vthenaturaldoctor, spelt in full D-O-C-T-O-R, thenaturaldoctor.org, O-R-G. So that's our website, and our our telephone contact details and email is, is actually on the website. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking time to join me today. For everybody else, continue to live your best life, be the superwoman you were meant to be, and spread the message about breast cancer screening. Until next time. 